development worker at Stars. Rahul is originally from Afghanistan and fled to Pakistan as a refugee when he was a child. Since arriving in Australia from Pakistan in 2010, Rahula has gained a Bachelor of Social Science majoring in Psychology, as well as a Diploma of Community Services. He has worked as an Assistant Youth Worker in Melbourne and served for over a year as the Secretary of the Australian Afghan Students Association. In 2015, he was the recipient of the Young Leader of the Year Award for the City of Greater Dandenong. He then moved to Sydney in 2016, where he worked as a youth worker with Auburn Diversity Services before commencing work with Starts in 2017. Rahula has been a counsellor with Starts for four years before transferring to his current community development group worker role at Starts. Good morning, Rahula, and welcome to the Hits to Healing podcast. Uh, thank you, Nicole, and thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for being with us and we're, we're going to talk about a topic that is so close to home and close to heart for you and we really appreciate you coming along to chat with us about this really important topic today. Um, thank you so much again for inviting me and uh, as you said, yeah, this is uh, very, um, you, you know, uh, something that uh, I've been thinking a lot about uh, my country and about uh, the people of Afghanistan and uh, seems to be very uh, difficult time for um, for all of us, particularly people who are in Afghanistan and there's um, those people who have just arrived in Australia. Yeah, the reports, um, they've been really awful for a very long time now and, and more recently there's there's really horrific reports of malnutrition and medicine shortages coming out of Afghanistan and I've read that the UN estimates that about 23 million Afghans are facing extreme hunger um, and nearly 9 million people at risk of famine this winter. So I was wondering if you can, can you tell us and tell our listeners um, a bit about what it's been like for Afghans um, since the Taliban takeover in August last year? Um, yeah, as, as as you heard uh, through the news and uh, and 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 people of Afghanistan, uh, there was continuation of shock and, and, and horror because um, people of Afghanistan suddenly, you know, wake up uh, next morning and, and, and see the collapse of Afghan government to, to the hands of Taliban uh, and the Taliban claiming um, the country and claiming that they can run the uh, government and they can, you know, and be good to uh, Afghan uh, people. And because Afghan people um, have had the, the Taliban regime uh, in the last, uh, you know, in 2001, uh, before 2001, so uh, they, are, they are not very sure that the Taliban can uh, run a government and can be efficient uh, in, in running that uh, government for Afghan people. So there is doubts and anxiety about what is going to happen, and no one would know um, because and the, the Taliban have not completely established uh, the system and come, have not uh, announced all the uh, their policies, their laws. Um, but it looks like that um, you know that that we see Taliban uh, being dominated and present in every corner 
of Afghanistan and, and their law uh, seems to be enforced on, on all people of Afghanistan, particularly uh, women and uh, girls who are, uh, who are uh, you know, uh, very vulnerable uh, during Taliban um, uh, presence. Uh, we also see that, um, you know, there was reports of strong fear of persecution, particularly for journalists, uh, Afghan government officials, uh, women, women rights activists, again, women and girls, and, and persecuted ethnic minority, which they did not have um, a good experience um, before 2001, uh, when the Taliban was in power. So there was a strong fear that that can happen again in, in, in the Taliban's uh, governments. Uh, we also saw that uh, uh, after the withdrawal of uh, foreign uh, troops uh, and the, you know, uh, the, the power uh, and the governments uh, becoming in the hands of Taliban, we saw that the normal life routine uh, was disrupted. So people uh, couldn't go to uh, attend their education, uh, people couldn't go to work, and the lifestyle that they have, uh, they have had, that must have been stopped. And they have to wait for a new system uh, and a new way of living to be established and to be announced. Uh, and also, we, we, we also saw that the, Many, many issues happen at once. Uh, it was uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, and then we saw uh, the collapse of Afghan government, and also we heard about the drought and, and the uh, food shortages that is uh, happening in Afghanistan, which is devastating for many people. And the Taliban seems to struggle to manage the drought seems to struggle to, to manage the displaced people uh, who are nearly around 6 million uh, are displaced within an Afghanistan. So, and, and later we saw the uh, censorship, uh, you know, uh, particularly for women and girls, uh, and those laws were announced by Taliban. Uh, we, uh, lastly, we see that uh, Taliban is now attempting uh, to be recognized by international uh, organization and countries. And they are asking the international communities uh, to resume the international and humanitarian aid, which was suspended uh, when the Taliban came in power. Uh, so we, we see that lots of things uh, are happening in Afghanistan, and the situation seems uh, volatile um, and can rapidly change um, at a given moment and people are anxious because they don't know what's going to happen uh, and many are uh, probably you know about uh, thousands of people are uh, trying to flee Afghanistan uh, as they are anxious about uh, what's going to happen next. And what routes are, are currently open? Um, or what can people try if they're trying to flee Afghanistan? What are people attempting? Uh, like I said, it's uh, the situation in Afghanistan is rapidly changing. Um, and if um, a, a, a road is open 
for a minute and the next minute it can close suddenly. Uh, so I would say there is no stable um, border or stable situation in, in Afghanistan right now. Uh, so I'm not uh, going to suggest a particular route, uh, but uh, what seemed to be uh, the case was that uh, Taliban had um, given assurance to uh, international communities uh, that uh, they would allow uh, the uh, foreigners, they would allow uh, uh, people of Afghanistan who would like to, uh, you know, leave Afghanistan for safety. Uh, they were uh, assuring that safety uh, and, you know, to allow the travel. So, uh, and, and I think that's why many countries were able to evacuate as many people as they could um, between uh, mid-August and end of August. And Australia uh, rescued more than uh, 4,000, uh, you know, amongst uh, other, you know, as like many other countries. Yeah, and I understand that um, about 900 of those were resettled in New South Wales, where you live and work. I was wondering if you could give us some idea of how those people and families are settling in in New South Wales. Um, yeah, it's it's very hard to, to give a, a good picture of um, what, what the evacuation process uh, for these people have been and what, uh, what, uh, how are they uh, resettling in New South Wales. Uh, what seems to be the case is that um, for the majority of um, these people, uh, there was, a, you know, an escape uh, of danger uh, and they ran for their life and um, they found safety in Australia. Uh, and they would certainly uh, appreciate uh, the safety uh, and um, you know, the supports have been, that have been provided in Australia and by Australian government and also uh, communities uh, here in Australia. Uh, I would certainly say, you know, this was not an easy uh, process and experience for them. They could not predict uh, the, what, you know, the, the amount and the scale of um, crisis. What happened was sudden. Uh, and it was very shocking for many Afghans. Uh, and that's why um, many decided to leave Afghanistan uh, for whatever reason, particularly for safety reason. Uh, and they had to leave everything behind uh, and from families, from relatives, and they could not bring everyone. Uh, that's why we see so many people are missing uh, and so many uh, families are uh, splitted and separated from each other. Uh, and when they arrived in Australia, uh, they have also experienced the resettlement uh, challenges, which is, uh, you know, cultural shock, being new to the country and uh, having to go through all the, uh, you know, new challenges ahead of them such as finding job, learning a new language, um, you know, going through the uh, new policies and government procedures, 
uh, accommodation and, and many other uh, daily uh, challenges that they have faced. And for educators that are quite accustomed to working with resettled refugees um, in Australia, are there any particular differences with um, this particular group of recent evacuees from Afghanistan in terms of the experiences they've had and, and how they're resettling into Australia? Um, I would certainly say, you know, this is um, probably uh, the, the past experience that educator had would, would help them. Uh, so they shouldn't be very anxious and, uh, you know, ha feeling helpless about the uh, way of, you know, helping from these uh, uh, refugees. Uh, and, and also the, the, the Australian uh, resettlement uh, support is, is really uh, unique uh, and Australia has one of the best uh, settlement support uh, around the world. So. Uh, and we also have very passionate uh, people who are uh, dedicated uh, and who are willing to uh, support refugees, particularly newly arrived uh, people uh, in Australia. So there are lots of, uh, you know, groundwork and, and, and previous experience. Uh, with, with the new arrivals, uh, they had faced very difficult experience. As I said, they had experience something that they never predicted and no one could predict uh, the scale of the uh, crisis and and particularly the, the sudden uh, change of the uh, in the government uh, so particularly the covid uh, 19 pandemic uh, was the, the issue in Afghanistan and people were struggling uh, to deal with covid 19 in Afghanistan. And there was also a uh, drought uh, in Afghanistan and the winter wa was coming. So people had already uh, experienced the initial impact of drought. Uh, and, uh, and as Afghan uh, foreign troops uh, withdrew their uh, uh, troops and foreign forces, uh, we saw that uh, uh, Afghanistan became, uh, you know, very instable uh, and uh, and the situation became very complex so they had uh, to go through this massive uh, in, in, you know in uncertainty and, and shock uh, that's why we need to provide um, as much support as we can so the mental health of uh, this cohort seems to be the main issue uh, particularly when uh, they would settle uh, here and, and in the future, uh, in near future, they, they will face the, uh, the horror, the, the, you know, uh, the trauma that they experienced before. So it's important to, uh, to make note of the uh, you know, long-term impact of what they have experienced and to provide support uh, and additional uh, consideration for the challenges they have faced and they will face uh, in the future, uh, given that their uh, resettlement issue is uh, is an ongoing thing. Yeah, so there's some acute uh, resettlement um, difficulties <clears throat> that they'll need support with at the moment and for the coming months, but then you're saying that for, for years to come, um, they'll still need to be yeah, an um, adapted level of support as they, they deal with the, the traumatic fallout of what they've been through. 
And what can you tell us about the resettlement status of those most recent Afghan evacuees in terms of um, their rights and their residency rights here and access to Medicare and education, that sort of thing? Uh, yep, uh, <clears throat> a very good news that, um, you know, uh, Australia um, have announced um, that they are uh, going to uh, provide a permanent residency pathway to, uh, to current, uh, you know, temporary visa holder, because uh, from what I understand, the vast majority of uh, uh, Afghan evacuees are on 449 visa, which is a temporary humanitarian stay, and, and they have been um, extended until the end of November this year. Uh, so that was very good news um, for these people um, to to be told that they uh, can be provided with a pathway to residency. But what uh, what would be the pathway and and when they can apply for this uh, permanent residency visa is yet to be uh, you know discovered, uh, and the government will will let them know uh, soon. And from what I know, once the governments announce uh, that they can apply for pathway to permanent residency, uh, they will have seven days to apply for a permanent residency or pathway to permanent residency visa. Oh, that's so, a very short time. Yeah, it is a very short time and very stressful time um, because they uh, they might be very stressed about uh, the resettlement issues and, and then they have to go through the legal and, and immigration process to apply for a uh, pathway to permanent residency. So I would certainly, you know, encourage um, them to uh, seek legal help, such as uh, um, refugee advice and casework service, RACS, uh, to be contacted and, and uh, to be asked for help. Um, I'll put that yeah, in the show notes. Yeah, uh, thank you. So uh, the... The 449 visa are having very difficult time right now. Although they have, um, the, the, the government have said that they can have access to settlement support, and they can have access to Medicare, uh, work rights. Um, so uh, yeah, but but again, I would say it's very difficult to be on on those visas uh, and have very limited social security payment. Uh, and for for some uh, university students, if they would like to go and attend higher education, I would I would say th this would be very difficult for them because they uh, will struggle extremely when they are on this visa and when they want to uh, apply for higher education loans such as fee help. Uh, so that seems to be a very difficult thing for many who would like to. Uh, go and attend higher education. Yeah. No, thank you for that summary. Um, we've been contacted by many educators uh, ever since August last year um, who are themselves like deeply distressed about their students um, with Afghan heritage who are worried about loved ones overseas and wanting to get them to Australia. Um, I was wondering, could you recommend how educators can be most helpful in supporting their students um, whether or not they're recent evacuees or, or they're more long-term Afghan-Australians um, deeply concerned about loved ones overseas, what difference can educators make? Firstly, I would um, you know, recommend uh, that the educator um, 
refer these uh, uh, students and their parents uh, to legal help, such as RACs in New South Wales for immigration and legal assistance. Uh, and particularly if they would like to apply for family reunion visas. Uh, in, in relation to um, uh, you know, the worries and anxiety related to um, the Afghans' uh, remaining family in Afghanistan, uh, that is a very difficult situation. Uh, and, and that is um, anxiety-provoking for many Afghans uh, who are living in, in Australia. Uh, we, uh, we, we really need to be, uh, uh, you know, more uh, provide more empathy and understanding, and normalizing that that it is okay and and that can be the case, uh, and it is very anxiety provoking situation. So uh, we can provide as much as support as we can. We can reach out to them in many ways. We can. Uh, Given that we are in COVID-19 situation, um, if physical um, attendance for them, it's, it's hard and they uh, cannot have face-to-face -face meeting, at least, um, you know, do your best to, um, you know, organize a Zoom meeting, virtual meetings, let them know that you are there to support them, let them know that uh, you would like to make a referral to other services. Yeah, and, and also uh, uh, reach out to other support services available for, for these students. Uh, so there are many, many organizations uh, and agencies that, that would love to support these uh, Afghan evacuees. Uh, yeah, as, 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 as you know, the government announced that, you know, they, they are uh, providing 27 uh, million uh, settlement support package for Afghan evacuees. So that's a massive uh, amount of um, uh, help and, and support uh, available for this uh, Afghan evacuees. Oh, that is great to hear. Um, and on the, the topic of, of charities, um, one of the ways that some school communities um, decide to show their solidarity with the Afghan people and support their their Afghan community members um, is through donation to charities and, and making that a whole school or whole class event. Um, are there any charities that you recommend um, would be helpful to the people in Afghanistan for schools to donate to? Yeah, thank you for asking that um, yeah, really um, yeah, important question. And, and, and I would love uh, them uh, to, to donate uh, as much as they can, given that Afghan uh, people are in crisis, uh, in hunger crisis in Afghanistan, uh, and the situation is really, really hard. And and particularly for uh, children, it is saying that uh, for children, Afghanistan can be the worst uh, country uh, to be uh, and to live because um, the situation is really uh, instable. Uh, there is food shortages, there is drought, and there is, um, you know, uh, a strong uh, fear of persecution for many uh, groups. Uh, there is an um, Australian Red Cross that people can go to uh, their website and can donate, and there is uh, an appeal, uh, and they if they go to www.redcross.org.au, uh, www slash donation 
Afghanistan crisis appeal, they can donate. Uh, and the Red Cross is uh, saying they're going to provide uh, humanitarian aid uh, and um, health uh, services, particularly for wounded people. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, such as help during uh, hunger crisis. The, um, people can also go to the UNICEF website, unicef.org.au slash appeals slash help children in Afghanistan to donate for children in Afghanistan that need their help right now. Uh, the other thing um, people can, particularly the school community can, can do, and they can donate through Afghan registered charity organization uh, that will deliver humanitarian aid to Afghanistan. So that could be one of the options. And they can also go to the government website uh, to see uh, how they can uh, donate, um, not just for the Afghanistan, but also for uh, Afghan evacuees uh, and the settlement support needed for them. So they can go to the uh, uh, particularly Australian Council uh, and uh, one example could be my own news that was uh, they are appealing for um, Afghan youth uh, to have more access to digital device uh, digital device uh, and to have access more uh, to internet as they want to access for education and work purposes. Okay, well, thanks for um, that extensive list. Um, we'll make sure that they're all in the show notes. And and I saw recently um, Australian ABC put out an article too with a, a list of um, reputable um, charities that people can donate to to support the people in Afghanistan. Um, so that's great. We'll get that out to our listeners as well. Um, I'm thinking again about um, educators and, and going back to school um, very shortly for term one of this year. So what are some of the, the signs that educators can look out for that students might be struggling and require some additional support? It's very important to do a one-on-one assessment and, and uh, you know, understanding about each case and each student. Um, the common issue that um, could arise uh, when, when their students are struggling could be that uh, uh, avoidance, uh, avoidance from social gathering, um, avoidance from, you know, um, being uh, in the class or talking to teacher. Um, so that also means being absent from class. If they are absent from class for several days and for no particular reason, uh, the other issue could be severe English language difficulty if they are facing really massive uh, language uh, barriers. Uh, and the other issue could be outburst of anger and frustration uh, because probably they are going through uh, through a very uncertain situation and and the anxiety related to the remaining family in Afghanistan. Um, and uh, some of them they they might struggle to have access to digital device uh, and internet and work uh, or, you know, study from home uh, because not having those uh, support around them and, and because probably they are going through financial issues as well. So, yeah, we need to have more understanding and have a holistic assessment uh, for each student.
Thanks, Rahula. Um, look, I've been I've been blessed to have wonderful Afghan colleagues for many years now, and through all the things that um, Afghanistan has been through, it's always struck me how how resilient um, Afghan people are. And I know I know that they haven't had a choice, and I know that they've just had to keep going, and how hard that is. But there does seem to be something that um, Afghan people, um, many are managing to do to, to get themselves through these incredibly difficult times. And I was wondering if you could talk to what some of the protective factors are that are helping um, people who've been in Australia for many years, also recent evacuees. What helps Afghans get through these times? Uh, thank you for that question. And, and I really appreciate uh, your feelings. and. Um, um, you know, uh, having colleagues from Afghan background and 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 you know being happy with them and and not just uh, like like that, but also uh, you know learning from them and being um, inspired by them. Um, that is that means a lot to us, uh, and that's what would we would like to give a picture and an image of Afghan people as well. Um, unfortunately, there was. Uh, you know, decades that um, people try to give a negative image of Afghan people. But um, in reality, uh, Afghans uh, are, um, you know, resilient. They love peace. They would love to live ordinary, peop uh, ordinary life like many, many other nations around the world. And they would love to have a better life uh, wherever they go. So a better life means that they would like to uh, integrate uh, in that uh, society. They would like to contribute and, and give back to the community. Uh, what uh, probably have helped um, uh, the Afghan resilience was uh, probably the communal way of living. So they were able to, you know, um, get assistance and uh, help from each other within the family and they have uh, extended family and network. Uh, so they enjoyed the communal way of uh, living. And, uh, and I think that is a very uh, good asset for them and we need to cherish and appreciate that and enhance and support them in Australia as well, uh, wherever that supports and, and that is uh, in line with the Australian laws and way of living as well. Uh, so yeah, uh, Afghan people would love to, you know, get education, integrate into Australian uh, community, uh, and and for many, uh, particularly new uh, newly arrived people, uh, Australia can be a life changing opportunity for many of these Afghans because they didn't have this opportunity back in the country uh, because there was decades of war and conflict and they did not have access to uh, higher education, uh, better schooling and, and work and study. So uh, they would uh, certainly you know, appreciate the amount of support provided by the Australian government and Australian community. They know that uh, and they would appreciate that. Uh, I would also um, ask uh, educators and teachers uh, to encourage uh, Afghan students uh, to follow their passion 
to uh, follow their study goals, to follow their career goals and academic goals, uh, because they might struggle uh, psychologically along the way, as I said. They might go through the process of healing and, and uh, they need some supports along the way. Uh, so that is very important. And, and I would also encourage the, the strength-based approach to be used and utilized, meaning that uh, refugees uh, have to be, um, you know, um, seen as people who are uh, with uh, strengths and skills, abilities, and they have developed certain skills to to be able to have a good life uh, in Australia. So we need to celebrate um, many skills that the refugees have, for, particularly, for example, um, performing arts, uh, painting, uh, singing and dancing, um, uh, literacy and numeracy skills, uh, uh, sports. Uh, so th these are some of the examples that, that can be uh, assessed and um, you know, uh, uh, enhanced and, and supported. Uh, the last thing I would uh, encourage educators to do would be to involve uh, Afghan students in decision making uh, in every level. Uh, so from uh, being a peer support group uh, to a steering committee uh, uh, in their school and wider advocacy groups. So, uh, so they need to be involved, uh, and by doing, they, they learn. So I would appreciate those way of uh, doing. They are some great examples, Rahula, and thanks for catering them so well to educators. And I think a lot of what you said just shows how, yeah, how educators really can adapt what they they do best um, to really make a, a difference to the resettlement of uh, their Afghan students. Uh, thank you for those. Now, we haven't talked about um, the work that you've been doing directly at STARTS, but I, I want to make sure we cover that as well. So you're, of course, a community development group worker at STARTS. So could you tell me a bit about the groups that STARTS is currently running for Afghan clients and about the groups that you have planned for the first few months of this year? Yes, uh, like you said, I'm working uh, as a community development uh, group worker at STARTS for Afghan community. Uh, the the programs uh, we've been running uh, so far uh, have been Australian citizenship test uh, preparation groups uh, that that is for a permanent resident who would like to sit the Australian citizenship test uh, and they need some uh, supports along the way uh, we we are also uh, planning to run women's yoga group and we also have existing yoga groups uh, for women uh, uh, run by my colleagues at STARS. Uh, we also have excursion uh, for for young people. There is another um, program we uh, at the moment we I have and I have I'm been I've been collaborating with other uh, uh, you know youth agencies such as CMRC and my own New South Wales. Uh, the program is called Afghan Youth Gathering. Uh, we have a series of. Uh, um, you know, conversation and pro uh, and meetings, uh, and we have invited uh, Afghan young people to be in the steering committee uh, and to to run uh, consultation, to run information session uh, and conversation about mental health and well-being. 
Uh, lastly, we also have uh, community uh, uh, groups uh, uh, and, and forums such as uh, Afghan Community Roundtable Discussion uh, and also a support group for uh, recent uh, evacuees. So these are some of the examples and, and there are many uh, programs that uh, we, we have they are changing and, and, and we'll need to kind of understand that we are in COVID-19 situation and uh, we are doing many things online at the moment, but uh, hopefully you know, we, we, we go back to face-to-face -to -face and we continue the program we have. Yeah, sounds good, Rahul. I hope that too. Now, if educators have got um, students that are young people, I'm not sure what age the, the um, Afghan youth gathering is for, um, but if they've got young people in mind or perhaps parents and carers that they think might be suited to some of those groups, how can educators refer to the groups? Yep, um, that's a really good question. Um, I would appreciate if they can refer um, Afghan students to uh, our uh, community development programs, uh, but but also uh, the stars uh, counseling program where they uh, where there is a need, so they can refer um, uh, Afghan students to stars counseling uh, through the stars general intake, and they can also access the referral form on the website. But for um, community development, and they can contact the stars open office on 96466666 uh, and ask about my programs, um, particularly in community development. Uh, but, but again, for any other community development programs, and they can contact each office and, and ask for a particular workers. Uh, to contact me, they can also contact me on my work mobile number, which is uh, 0403-410-607. Fantastic, Rahula. I'll put that all in the show notes too. And so what age group is that Afghan youth gathering aimed at? Um, yeah, it, at the moment, it's uh, the criteria is um, uh, flexible, but we would like to have uh, uh, people who are 12 to uh, 24. Um, so, um, but again, we, we had a few who are who were 25 and we said that's okay, you know, as long as they can benefit and uh, from the group and conversation why not thanks Rahula thank you for so sensitively and thoroughly navigating this um, a really really difficult topic but with so much care and, and light and hope as well um, is there anything you'd like to add before we finish up today uh, thank you so much Nicole uh, for the opportunity it was really um, great um, to speak to you all. Um, what I would um, uh, ask and, and request uh, the listeners to to feel um, uh, that you know uh, Afghan government uh, uh, collapsed and and the collapse of uh, Afghan government it means that uh, there is uncertain future. Uh, for many Afghans in uh, in Afghanistan, but also the um, existing community, uh, the refugee diaspora in in Australia. So I would uh, you know encourage more support, uh, more efforts uh, to towards Afghan community, uh, given that Australia you know uh, 
had uh, intervened uh, uh, in 2001 alongside many other uh, nations to bring peace in Afghanistan. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the war continued and there was uh, many, many uh, decades, uh, so at least two decades of, of uh, disruption in Afghanistan uh, that uh, didn't end up uh, having a stable or peaceful country. So I hope that the government, uh, the, the Taliban regime uh, in Afghanistan would, uh, you know, uh, listen uh, and respect the will of Afghan people. And the will of Afghan uh, uh, Afghan people are to live in a peaceful uh, country, to live safe, um, safely, and to have uh, uh, and enjoy uh, human rights such as freedom of movement um, and uh, freedom for uh, ethnic minority groups. So uh, these are uh, basic uh, requests, probably from Af uh, you know uh, Afghan. Uh, community uh, from uh, Taliban regime and I hope that the Australian community would continue uh, the humanitarian assistance that they have uh, done in the past and they are doing right now. Thank you. Thank you Rahula. Talking to Rahula gave me such a vivid insight into the enormous shock Afghan people have been experiencing on the back of an already volatile situation in Afghanistan. Rahuli really emphasised how suddenly refugees had to leave Afghanistan and how almost every refugee left loved ones behind with hardly any time to prepare for such a traumatic separation. I'm grateful for the reassurance Rahuli gave for how helpful educators can be in helping recent evacuees from Afghanistan settle into Australian life and what an important role they can play in connecting students and their families to mental health support. I also thought he gave useful guidance on how educators can support their Afghan students by acknowledging the pain and anxiety their students are feeling and emphasising the avenues available to them for support. Importantly, Rahula also emphasised the value in fostering students' resilience by supporting their interest in furthering their education, emphasising students' strengths and connecting them to opportunities to be involved in steering committees and advocacy groups. If you found this podcast helpful to your practice, we'd greatly appreciate you leaving your rating or comments on your podcast listening platform. This helps our work reach more educators, which in turn helps the students and families we all support. Thank you so much for your contributions and take good care of you.